0: You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of splatterpictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Knife here with, always...
1: Typical Lydia.
0: Today's show, we're going to be doing the 2013 film, Oculus. It's about time that we got a Blumhouse movie in here.
1: If you say so.
0: Well, listen, Lydia. In the horror rainbow, there are many layers, and sometimes the lightest gray of them all is perhaps the upper level of horror that just sort of floats at the top that everyone knows and everyone sees that get wide distribution and you know that's what the general horror audience likes we're talking about dim lit rooms and bangs and bumps in the night and
1: close-ups on your eyeballs because you don't have any facial expression to go along with it
0: well yeah if you want to be snarky about it
1: it's also a wwe presentation it is
0: (laughs) So I was hoping for some wrestler cameos, but I didn't get any.
1: I know, me too. I was hoping, like, at least a little Tristratus or something, you know? Like something, <laughs> something. But no, we couldn't be so lucky, mm. unfortunately.
0: For anyone who's listening and they don't know, Blumhouse is responsible for some of your favorites, like The Purge or Ouija or Sinister or Insidious. Those types of movies.
1: Any of those movies where somebody's like, oh, you're a horror fan? And then they spit out all those movies' names, and I'm just, like, shaking my head.
0: I like some of those movies.
1: Yeah. A lot of people do. A lot of people do.
0: Oh, my God. Am I going to be unleashing the anti-mainstream (laughs) Lydia?
1: No, I'm keeping it contained. I'm keeping it fucking locked in a tiny little box, really. (laughs) Sort of like, you know, a Dybbuk box. A little Dybbuk box right inside my fucking chest.
0: (laughs) The most positive spin you can put on any of these movies, if you're the type of person that feels that horror belongs in your back pocket and no one else can look at it, is that they could be people's gateway drugs into horror. They can be the thing that is put in front of you first, and then you can delve deeper into the genre with more obscure titles or more hardcore titles. Things like that. These movies aren't always the best in terms of their writing or the best in terms of their originality. But I think that they have something to provide for the general public. And that's why I like them. I think they're fine.
1: It's important to point out, yes, they can be a gateway drug to horror. Yes. Definitely. I will agree with that. And they do have their place. Yeah. And they bring people into the theaters for horror.
0: And you can say what you want about Blumhouse, man. If you look at their cost to profit ratio of these movies, Paranormal Activity. Oh my God, buying it and, and having this fifteen thousand dollar movie making almost two hundred million dollars globally. E, uh, movies that the movies that was like Is this cost one million dollars that made twenty million dollars or forty million dollars or hundred million dollars. Like so, at the very least, Blumhouse doesn't care what anybody thinks about them. Their biggest flop to date, which I found fascinating Mm -hmm. fascinating was the recent gem in the holograms movie not horror unless you count that thing as horrific i haven't seen it but i've seen the trailers no misfits no synergy no wes
1: yeah quite that's i'm not interested at all at all at all at all it was i was semi i was as interested in josie and the pussycats when that came out and it sucked so i was like totally turned off of any sort of Girl Band (laughs) revamp. I like Josie and the Pussycats. Stupid fucking movie. (sighs) Hated every minute of it. Oh my god. I don't have time to watch Gem and the Holograms, unfortunately.
0: You're too busy watching Oculus because I made you. Yeah. How many times did it take you to get through Oculus? Uh, three. So what is it about Oculus that you had a hard time getting through? Is it the midway point?
1: It's a 40-minute mark when I want to slap that chick right in the face. Why? When she throws her brother a water bottle and barks, hydrate. I want to fucking kill her. I don't think
0: that... Yeah, I mean, I understand that you could see someone with a personality and find that super abrasive. But I think that she's in a position, and we'll get into it when we get into the plot, but this is a person that's been preparing for this, keeping the promise alive in her mind obsessively. Batman-like, some might say. (laughs) <laughs> and then having...
1: I'm sorry, you can't equate this fool to Batman, thank you.
0: I can and I did. It's done. And and then, so she comes in with her master plan, which falls apart like <laughs> a wet bag. But it, it's just she's determined and, and this is her plan and this is what she's doing. And I, I don't think that it's annoying or abrasive at all. And I can even feel her frustration for her brother, who has been completely turned around on the subject because he's been in an institution his entire life telling him rationally what he saw or what he believes he saw
1: be that as it may i find the whole thing is just way too convenient she's become way too secluded the end game her her idea of the end game is way too secluded she should be involving other fucking people she can't to carry out this plan alone or even with her brother's help. It's way too convenient that he decides to even participate in this, which he should have just walked away from her. It's too convenient that she still has access to the house because she was bequeathed the house when she turned 18 or whatever. I don't know how she afforded to keep it all that time. It's just, it just makes no sense to me and it's just far too convenient. It's far too convenient that she's wriggled her way into a job where she'll come into contact. With the glass again, which it's all just way, way, way too convenient. Within the first ten minutes of the film, mm-hmm. they've but that's by sort de- of ticked me off.
0: But that's by design. She got that job so she would have
1: access to that uh, mirror. Still, way too convenient. How's it too convenient? It's all just too convenient. I can't see that particular mirror falling into her, like her having access to it. Yes, she's trying. She's been obsessed all her life with getting revenge on this thing. And who knows, okay, you're going to explain my hatred away by saying that the the glass has actually come back into our life on its own accord to kill the leftovers, right? I
0: never thought of that at all.
1: That's the only way I've tried to rationalize this to myself.
0: <laughs> Why would you try to rationalize a mirror that's gaslighting people?
1: <laughs> because there's method in its madness? Maybe. There has to be, or else then it's just way too convenient for me.
0: To me... A movie has to be convenient because otherwise there's no movie.
1: Her absent fiancé putting up with her insanity is way too convenient for me.
0: Absent for a time.
1: Yeah, an hour at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. That dude's existence, he, he could have been a fabrication mirrored from to me the whole time. Anyway, we'll get, <laughs> yeah, right. we'll, we'll get into it. So the idea behind the movie Oculus is that there are a brother and sister... And a brother and sister who, when they were very young, were put in front of or were involved in a family tragedy in which their father killed their mother. And then uh, their son, Tim, was forced to kill his father. We know this because we're brought to, after a brief flashback scene with the kids when they were young and the father stalking towards them with a, a gun were brought to Tim as an adult or 21 years old who's just getting released from an institution. He's been deemed not a threat. And I didn't understand, well, especially when you get to the end of the movie, I was like, why was he ever considered a threat?
1: A threat to himself or others. A threat so, to himself or others? It could be.
0: Because it was self-defense though.
1: Yeah, but he could feel a whole bunch of guilt about that. And if he had ever even, like, at one point, threatened suicide, <clears throat> he would continue to be institutionalized. For that long? Sure. Maybe it was that tormented.
0: I could imagine, especially if he was shouting about mirrors and such.
1: He could have also decided to stick around until he felt comfortable.
0: Yeah, that's true. But he was deemed no longer a threat, so he's released from the institution, and he meets with his adult sister Kaylee, who is his older sister. She's 23 years old, and he's got a, he's he's got a check from their parents estate and he can live with uh, her and her fiance for a little while and he can start looking for an apartment and you know he's gonna be all right lydia he's gonna be okay but
1: he would have been okay if it wasn't for her
0: yeah i suppose but she was right it just underestimated her task at hand
1: her task at hand it doesn't take long for her to get to it he's not out of the poor institution for like an hour before she just dumps all this past shit onto him again
0: yeah, but the story, otherwise, again, I can't stress this enough. You don't have a story. Do you want to sit there while they reacquaint themselves? Or did you want to flashback like six months later or one year later? Or do you, Like, I don't understand. The story doesn't begin when a character gets up in the morning. The story begins when the character trips over the rock.
1: Yeah, it's all too convenient, though. She's just come in contact with the glass. Her brother just gets released. It's all happening way too conveniently, but it's okay. Carry on.
0: I just don't understand, like, it's it's mind-boggling to me because we have dealt with films that have just as many convenient plot points, j- like, just as many, because we're dealing with 90 minutes here.
1: Yep. It's not as eye-roll worthy in most other films, that's all.
0: Well, she acquires a glass because she's working in an auction house and that de- deals in antiques, and the mirror is brought forth, and people bid on it somebody's one and she seems very happy and at the time when I first watched in the movie I thought oh is she the mysterious Skype benefactor because she seemed very happy that the mirror got sold and initially you're not sure that that's her job so I thought is she there to bid on the mirror oh she didn't bid on the mirror someone from Skype bid on the mirror well who's that and then but she smiles and so I thought oh like is it her somehow, it's, But that's not the case at all. It doesn't matter who bought the mirror. The point is that the mirror was going to be stolen by her by using the means that she has available to her. So saying that it needs to get repaired. And the owner of the mirror wants an outside person to look at it. Which is not too suspicious based on the fact that this is, mirror costs tens of thousands of dollars. So someone who's going to spend that kind of money in a junky old mirror, I guess they're going to have, like, yeah, I have a guy. I have a mirror guy. Why
1: not? <laughs> I think this is a junky old mirror. Yeah, the chain of custody saves her ass huge because she could take, you know, an hour or three weeks with this mirror. It's all, it's within her custody until she releases it to the buyer anyway. So she can really do whatever she wants with it,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is a very convenient plot point that I like. Okay. Yeah. Unlike most the other convenient plot points that, within the first like 15 minutes of this film that make me just shake my head but you know for a junky old mirror it was apparently owned by the 17th earl of leicester in 1754 philip lasser and that's where the name comes from in this fictional tale of this fictional mirror Mm -hmm. the lasser glass yeah and it had for a time been in the balmoral estate or balmoral castle as it is also known which actually is haunted Like, for real. With real real ghosts. Real ghosts, as opposed
0: to all those fake ones?
1: (laughs) Yeah, not as cool of a ghost as we'll get into, but it's a guy named John Brown, who was a pal of Queen Victoria's and her erstwhile lover, perhaps. Who knows? But he is always seen in Balmoral Castle wearing his kilt.
0: I just feel like that is the dullest sounding ghost name ever. John Brown? John Brown.
1: The ghost of John Brown? I don't know. Maybe it sounds better when you say it with a Scottish accent.
0: Maybe. Maybe he's scarier to them.
1: There's a lot of, like, haunted item things. And there's a lot of haunted item movies. And when you're talking about, like, this movie being, like, a gateway drug to horror, I hope that it sincerely goes into, like, good, better horror and, like, more, like you said, obscure or more hardcore horror or just more interesting or independent horrors or horror outside of North America. If someone were to watch this and then decide to watch all of the haunted and possessed item films, like about Robert the doll Annabelle, Mm -hmm. all of those sorts of films, I feel pretty sad because this Oculus is probably one of the best out of the haunted items. Take like the possession, which I didn't like and Mm -hmm. things like Annabelle and the boy, not the boy from last year, but the boy about the doll from this year. Gotcha. All of those, I will say that Oculus is probably the best out of all those mainstream haunted item Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. for sure. Because it does pull on sort of these, like, the actual haunting of Balmoral Estate, tying that into its story. There's a haunted mirror that has a mother and her children that are trapped behind the glass, apparently, because they were all killed by poison and the mirrors weren't covered which was the tradition to cover the mirrors when people had died and that one wasn't covered so it trapped all their souls and apparently you can see all their fingerprints and handprints will appear on the other side of the glass which is creepy as hell really when you think about it if that really is what happens so you take these like real life stories and sort of meld them into this story of the lasser glass that's fictional in oculus and i, I really do like that mm-hmm. so there it's not all hate on this side of the mic <laughs>
0: I would never judge you for hating a movie. I just always try to get to the root of what it could possibly be. Haunted item movies are always really interesting to me. I'm always fascinated to watch as many of them as I possibly can. I think it's because I have an overactive imagination, and I love the idea of looking at something innocuous and then it being rather sinister. I don't find mirrors innocuous. Though I find them very sinister all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like mirrors. Uh, as an adult, I'm fine with them. Like I'm, an, I'm, a grown, I'm a grown man in the 21st century, so I understand that there's nothing creepy about mirrors. But as a little boy, I was very wigged out by mirrors at all times. There was one in my cottage that I really hated. I didn't ever want to look at it because just walking around in my cottage at night with the lanterns going that odd hum that happens from them and and just just being at the cottage at, at night and stuff like that like i hated that mirror so much and then um somebody ended up hanging a hat just over top of it so i like i was like there that that protects me that protects me from the evil A hats in the way um but i think it comes from just watching so many horror movies that have something with the mirror in them I mean, we did Candyman a few weeks ago, so that's one of those right there. Any of that Bloody Mary shit, I never fucking liked it. Or it was such a it was such a common thing to have it in horror movies. So you, you, t- you close the bathroom mirror, oh, the killer's right there. It doesn't even have to be a ghost. Sometimes it's just the mirror revealing something behind you that you didn't even know was there. Anytime you had that creeping feeling that something else was in the room with you, even if it's just your imagination, you try to find the source of it. And if it's not a reflection in the mirror, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's this old box. Or my grandmother, when we were kids, had this old, old, old motherfucking doll that it, it had to have been from the like, like, like 19 fucking 10. Or Something like that, and it was the size of a boy,
1: it, 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 it <laughs> a was a walking doll that's yeah. what they're called walking dolls when they're like when they're the size of a toddler and you can yeah. walk along with it. Yeah, yeah, they're walking.
0: But dolls. here was the crazy thing the thing was so old, and its head had been. Cracked, and it was like it was.
1: Oh, I love crack dolls. I have one, like a small baby doll. So, so
0: my grandmother, I guess, wrapped it in some bandages. Awesome. And he had like a toque over his head. So, if you took off his toque, it just revealed like this just bandaged head underneath it. And you looked at his hands, and they were black and just chipped and claw like. And my mother and her and my aunt were terrorized by this doll when they were kids, and then the next generation. And it was the creepiest thing ever. And it sat in my grandmother's basement, slumped on a <laughs> on a little stool next to the television set, like a fucking corpse. And it just sat there with his head just tilted to the side, just staring into your soul, into your soul.
1: So Where is this doll now? I'd like it. I'd like. I'd love this doll. This is perfect.
0: I would fucking love to give you this doll. Yeah. But I can't. Okay. This doll was found in my great aunt's closet, completely destroyed. Oh,
1: that's a shame.
0: Completely just in pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're not really sure if it happened in the move or if it came to life and my great aunt had to kill it. That's what I think happened. <laughs> that's really what I think happened. What My point being is that I've always found this type of stuff really fascinating. So when I heard about Oculus, I was really interested in it. And after watching it, yeah, it's not as good as I'd want it to be. But it's still touching on things that I do really like and I respond really well to. Mostly the idea that this mirror is gaslighting people
1: yeah and
0: i do like that too one of the things that i i dug a lot about it was the fact that it didn't go into too much explanation about what this force inhabiting this mirror even really is they tell you some history about it they the the lacer glass and and where it's hung and and uh kaylee will be telling telling you the entire known history of this mirror that she could uh, strum up over her entire life, basically, all the lives.
1: Sort of like a library scene, and I do like that as well, mm-hmm. although I don't like her delivery of it all. and It's it's,
0: it's flat, but yeah. uh, but I, I kind of come off, it comes off to me as, I've been saying this in my head a thousand times, whether you want to equate that to an actor learning their lines, or if you want to equate that to a character who is, Absolutely determined. It's not enough. It's not enough that she. Because she's not trying to destroy the mirror. She's not trying to stop this entity. All she wants to do is prove that it exists. And.
1: No, she wants to kill it. They do want to kill it. That's the point, is to kill it. That's the promise they made when they were little tiny kids. But in the meantime, she does need
0: to prove. I honestly feel like. Yeah, they, the promise was to kill this thing when they got big and strong, but I still believe that it's all. It's almost an afterthought because cause she's got this James Bondian
1: uh, trap set for it. She's got Pit in the Pendulum set up for this mirror, which is cool. Um, although this is where I I think it's way too secluded. Her solution is way too secluded. If she wants to prove this, yes, she's got the video cameras within moments where the, the glass through its gaslighting of these poor people, (laughs) has proved that that is fallible. So it doesn't matter that she's fucking videotaping this. What she needs is a huge room full of people. What she needs is, like, the people with the ghost-trapping box at the end of Entity. She needs, like, scientists and stuff.
0: Yeah, or the um, she needs the uh, insidious guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, all those dudes. Like She definitely
1: needs paranormal investigators. Maybe not so much mediums and stuff like that, but she needs...
0: A medium hunters. would be a nice touch, though, because I do. But I I feel they wanted to keep the what the mirror thing is ambiguous. Cause...
1: Oh, completely. I'd have to watch the short, but the original writer of the short had said that it was uh, Lovecraft-inspired in that there's no true explanation and there's no... Although there is a face and name put to the entity in this mirror, he didn't want to get into the machinations of how it works on you and how it possesses you and where exactly this has come from and sure there's a name and a face attached to the entity in this mirror but there's no history attached to it and he wanted to keep it very vague like that because that's not what it's about it's Mm -hmm. about what it's doing to the people Mm -hmm. which is effective yeah that's the sort of thing that probably would have been teased out by this larger story with a larger cast of having like investigators surrounding it like i wish and like should have happened And would be the point to her wanting to prove this. So unfortunately, I'm at odds with her trying to prove this when she's leaving herself open to its influence, which isn't a very scientific approach, I don't think at all. Well,
0: she's not a scientist. I I, I think that basically where we're at is she brings her brother into this fault who has completely forgotten in many ways. What even really happened? Because he's been in institutionalized, and he has been told since he was a little boy, "No, this is what actually happened." The the this is the this is how psychologically your brain works, and this is how you crafted this narrative to deal with a, a hugely traumatic event. But that's not the case, and you're better now, so don't worry about it. His sister wasn't afforded that and so she's she still has all of her memories intact and she's actually shocked and taken aback by the fact that her brother doesn't not only doesn't remember the promise that they made to each other but doesn't even really remember what happened it was it's very frank and simple to him their dad was sick and killed their mother and then he had to kill their father. That's all that happened. And
1: which, given even at the end of the movie, you're sort of like, you know what? At the end of the day, if they're both crazy, that is kind of exactly what happened. Although she turns it around, saying, "Wow, they really did a number on you, didn't they?" Because she remembers it entirely differently, mm-hmm. and he has forgotten things like them trying to destroy this mirror.
0: Mm-hmm. Which was an interesting touch, because obviously that would be the first thing that anyone would think about why would you not destroy a defenseless mirror mirrors are, the, are some of the most breakable
1: things yeah <laughs> in someone's house in the hardware episode we talk about how a mirror broke on top of me and my sister in a bathtub yeah. when we were little tiny kids mm. like more mirror fear although i'm not afraid of mirrors at all at all at all at all, at all. i don't find them creepy at all at all at do you all, have
0: a thing but... with glass though
1: i do have a thing with glass and we will get into that When we hit about the hour and a half mark of this movie. Mm
0: -hmm. This movie jumps around with time a lot. We are basically being told two stories at the same time. And there is a point where... I want to say that the stories overlap, but they don't really. They're not happening at the same time. But what is happening is the mirror is showing things to them. And they're also experiencing things as adults. So it gets a little heady in some spots. We're basically... The kid versions of themselves can almost see the adult versions of themselves and vice versa. Sometimes they appear to each other as children.
1: Is this a Blumhouse thing? Is this just a thing they do?
0: Yeah. Blumhouse, I don't know if there's anything really to this extent in any of their other library. I've seen, looking over every Blumhouse movie that they have been involved in production on for the last 15 years... I would say that I've seen 90% of them mm-hmm. um, and I had no idea that I had seen <laughs> yeah. 90% of them. I think what they share more than anything is the idea that things will get you in your home if you bring things into your home that are foreign or normal society will break down around you. Any, any sense of normalcy is, is a lie. So, and we and we craft our society around these things, denying evil or aliens or the uh, cruelty of humans to one another, the afterlife. So, in in the in a sense, uh, Blumhouse very much likes to do movies with psychological angles to it because that honestly cleanses people's palate a lot when it comes to horror. I've had conversations as recently as a few weeks ago with people where if you have psychological aspects to a horror movie, they don't view it as horror. They view it as a thriller or something that they're allowed to like.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Or it seems probably less scary to them.
1: Or a little more palatable because even if there are supernatural explanations or someone's trying to attach a supernatural explanation mm-hmm. to madness, mm-hmm. then it is a lot more palatable because they can reject that and have an explanation left over.
0: Exactly. But also, I mean, dealing with things in the head, Sinister plays with that a lot, too. Except Sinister gives an actual body to the, the demon, Bilal or, or or whatever the demon was in that movie. And... Mm. Uh, so, and, and Oculus isn't even the darkest Blumhouse movie they've ever done. It's not, really. Um, it's kind of tame on a lot of the aspects. When this movie had room to be a lot darker, a lot darker. It
1: did, and that's part of like my push-pull with... Um my being at odds with this movie is that i really enjoyed the darker aspect i love the film that's taking place in 2002 when mm-hmm. the father buys the mirror and flash forward to his demise I love that story. I like the strife the kids are under. I like what his wife has to endure. I, I, well, I don't like any of it. It's all horrible. But that's what I like about it is that it is a fucking dark story. It's mm-hmm. very twisted. It's worse than Amityville ever could have been in my head or the book. You know, like it is fucking dark, but it's interspersed with, or in my mind, interrupted with, the story that's taking place in their present time in 2013.
0: I think that the, the technique of having the, the story coming out in 2013 is is that because of the fact that Tim has moved on with his life and, and, and is better now psychologically and has rational explanations. Fully
1: come to terms with having killed his father, basically.
0: Exactly. Um, I think that it gives us an opportunity as the audience to relearn what happened through this storytelling and what the mirror is showing them. Now, we haven't really talked about too much um what the mirror does it's weird what the mi- so when what they- does the mirror do
1: what does it do it doesn't really do it hangs on the wall it
0: hangs on the wall and it gaslights you yeah. so basically when we say gaslighting it means it's fucking with you psychologically and 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 ultimately what everyone who's ever died from this mirror that we know of a lot of it self-inflicted a lot of it is people behaving in ways that they don't normally behave they stop eating they stop drinking they they'll mutilate themselves um they'll do things that absolutely damage their themselves and their loved ones they'll
1: chain their wife to a wall
0: yeah 28 days later style
1: yeah yeah
0: okay cuz they're so
1: It's very 1408 for any fans of 1408. I know that that's another really divisive, far more divisive than this because a lot of people can discard Oculus without seeing it. Mm -hmm. And I can't say I blame them. People have opinions. Um, But 1408, I really thoroughly enjoyed. And it's in a a hotel room that's doing the exact same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Making you believe things that aren't really there. Making you act completely insane. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in that room committed suicide as well.
0: Yeah. I think that what we have here is a really interesting view. And I'm so glad that you said Amityville Horror because it is like that, except cranked up because of the. You know, maybe if Amityville Horror was a different kind of movie and it was made now, it would maybe have more violent aspects like this movie has
1: it's far more sad because these kids know what's going on they're very angry and very scared and they can't fight back whatsoever their no. father's very domineering and their mother's taken out of the picture yeah for the most part like and, it's yeah really scary and dark story
0: so we meet these this family and and they're completely normal loving family a nuclear family a mom and a dad and two kids and they their dad is a is, is a dot-com uh businessman and uh I guess his wife is a homemaker. I'm not exactly sure. She seems to be at the home, and they got a fucking dog. They got plants. They got Sega game. They got, Ga- and
1: they, and they got yeah. Sega
0: game gears for no reason.
1: You really hate that, don't you? I
0: fucking absolutely hate that. There's a scene in this movie where these two kids are sitting there playing handheld video game consoles in 2000 and, uh, 2002. 2002. When this story is apparently taking place, they're fucking playing giant game gears. I'm sorry, like, like. It was so distracting to me. Like, you're talking about, like, that's a little convenient, Wes, and I don't like this plot point. I'll tell you the most glaring, egregious fucking plot sin is the fact that young children would be playing a Game Gear. A Game Boy, maybe? Game Gear? Sega Game Gear? Nobody was fucking playing us with a Sega Game Gear outside of, like, 1995.
1: I don't know, man. Their dad is launching startups. I can see their dad having these things. For the kids. Just kicking around, just He's kicking like, around, just
0: kicking around. My Game Gear still works, so maybe.
1: See, it's not totally <laughs> egregious. It's not. It's
0: to me, it's just really ridiculous, and it jumped for me. Like it got to the point where later on in the film, where he was just like, "You guys can play in my office and play some video games." I was just like, "Oh, what are they gonna be playing like your fucking Neo Geo or like your Atari two thousand six hundred or what do you got in there?" <laughs>
1: I don't think it's all that bad. It didn't really, you know, I, I could care less, really. I could, you know, as a as a preteen, the neighborhood boys would all get together and play Atari. Yeah. that's retro gaming before it was cool.
0: No, you're right. I just don't buy it. I, I like to me, it was just it just jumped for me, and it seemed really weird. Of all the things, of all the things you could have, because you know what, you could have those kids doing anything. There's a couple other scenes where where the kids are just sitting in the living room watching TV, watching fucking cartoons at like nine o'clock at night, because I don't I don't know why. But you could have just had that, but they're just like, nah, put the they're playing video games.
1: Maybe it was a narrative effort to drive home how connected these kids are that they're literally tethered even in play. Man, you just cracked the world wide open with that. I don't feel like it cracked kind the of world wide open, but it's a guess. It's a something. Because they are
0: tethered between the game gears, because that's how you had to do it back in the day. You wanted to play two-player, you needed a cord that plugged into both the machines.
1: How and... old is that? My God. <laughs> I know, right? It could be. It could be. Because they're not necessarily twins, but they behave a lot like twins. They do. It would be more fun if they were twins. hmm Yeah.
0: Kaylee is the older sister, and she does take charge. Like In their childhood, she's definitely... I'm the older sister, and and he looks to her for guidance. As adults, she definitely seems to be, uh, you know, she's running the show. And what I what I liked about the initial part of this movie, what got me into the story in the present day, was I loved the idea. And I know that you're, they're isolated, and so it's less. It seems less believable, and and they don't have their witnesses, and so at that sense you are getting like why don't they have more people but to me two people standing in a room arguing back and forth point counterpoint with this is what happened and him explaining all these psychological reasons about what happened what actually happened and then her saying like her countering that i just like two people in a room arguing with each other no it's not very horror it, it it's cuz it's a it's very dialogue heavy and and this is definitely before anything spooky happens like there's nothing really weird happening i mean she's convinced that she's got these cameras set up uh independently uh she's got all these timing timers on she's got food prepared she has a fucking snidely whiplash trap ready to fucking spring on the mirror if need be because they can't destroy it Any anytime that you make any violent action towards this mirror it stops you not in any obvious way it's just he's gonna smash it with a chair you put down the chair you're gonna hit it with golf clubs you're gonna hit the wall you're gonna throw something at it at the last second your trajectory is gonna change and it's gonna you're gonna throw it at your sister or something
1: yeah something yeah it's gonna trick you like and the plants are because it kills plants the dog that they have in there named dog apparently well
0: it named dog because i because like in her mind this is not my pet this is literally it's like a lab rat almost yeah just yeah. to
1: the canary in the coal mine, so yeah, to speak. Because in this the coal animal line, yeah. will get sick and die or go mad because it's that close to the mirror, and the mirror is influencing it. Um, she has this the trap that she has set, and the timer is for the, to remind them to eat food because it will starve you to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. There's a lot of tools around, so I guess this thing has made other people pull their teeth out with pliers so Mm -hmm. she has a lot of tools and stuff so she hasn't covered all of her bases i don't feel but Mm -hmm. either way she's got this 20 pound danforth anchor like a boat anchor tethered up on the wall on a spring trap and it's weighted down with extra weights as well that is aimed to smash right into the mirror which should fucking do it in Mm -hmm. that should buy rights do it in i don't know why if their whole point is to kill the thing why doesn't she just do her little spiel after the very, 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 very first instant of it fucking with their minds and her capturing mm-hmm. it fucking with their minds on video, mm-hmm. they should have just hit that fucking button. Yeah, they should have. But Movies over, like you know.
0: <laughs> well, then, it, then it's a short and it's not a, a feature length.
1: They could have expanded I, I, a lot of other things, but anyway.
0: The 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 point at, at this point, Tim believes that truly believes, and you get you get a good sense of the fact that he believes that his sister's sick. Yeah. That that. She is suffering. She's been suffering this entire time. And the only difference was, was she wasn't the one that pulled the trigger on their father. So she wasn't the one that was put into an institution. So he wants to help her.
1: get work through this delusion. He's just spent 10 years working through his delusions or apparent delusions, which were much weaker than hers. But she spent 10 years without any help.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really dug that scene a lot. And it it wasn't until the the flashback scene became more interesting to me that that I got more into that because I do agree with you. I do like the flashback scene. I like watching the deconstruction of a normal family. That's very Bloomhouse. That's like, look at these people that love each other and now watch them get to the point where they're animals towards each other
1: that's very Stephen king and that's what appealed to me as well
0: yeah so you basically have this idea that their mother mary believes that their husband or the father is having an affair because the kids saw a woman in the in the room with them in his
1: office where the mirror hangs yeah
0: yeah and 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 so that plants the seeds into her mind about what might be happening but here's the cool thing is you don't the, at no point do you ever really see what the parents are experiencing. You experience what the siblings experience because they're experiencing it in the modern time and you and, and so you're trying to figure out well, what were the parents seeing like that, that were what were their specific delusions about? because the mirror seems to almost be able to read your mind and or it's watching you. And so it's gathering intel or something. But it seems very focused on self-inflicted injuries. I mean, the the, the father starts uh, very gruesomely biting his nails. And to the point where he's got a Band-Aid on one of his nails. And he he uh, puts the Band-Aid on. And then you take the Band-Aid off for some reason. Because he's just like, I don't want this Band-Aid on anymore. he puts it on a table. Goes back to his work. Well, the Band-Aid's still on my finger that's weird he can't seem to pull it off oh i'll get a staple remover and i'll take the bandit off that way i don't know why that would be like yeah staple remover that ought to do it and he ends up pulling his own fingernail off and it's only in the last minute that the delusion breaks just as he rips it off and you're like oh my god and so it the mirror is doing little fucked up things like that to you constantly that is, that is the, the biggest window into the very early stages of what the mirror is psychologically doing to their father. And they don't really delve too much more into that.
1: No, and we do get the hint because we've seen in action, as this movie progresses, what can go on in real life versus what is going on in your head. Because mm-hmm. she, they question one another when one has left the room or made an action and they've witnessed them doing something completely different they have on videotape them having an argument that they had had outside in the hallway mm-hmm. but it's actually taking place in the room on the videotape so we know that what is happening in reality to the people subject to the mirror and under the mirrors influence is completely different than what they're actually doing in real time mm-hmm. so when we see shots of the father sitting in his room in his office in his chair staring at the mirror for hours on end barely responding to the kids we know that there's something fucking fucked up going on mm-hmm. that he's witnessing. He's witnessing something different. In his mind he's not sitting in that chair looking at the mirror for hours on end mm-hmm. and being cruel to his family. Yeah, Something else entirely is going on and we don't need to see it. We know it though.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems to be the more time you're spending with the mirror or the closer proximity you are to the mirror the worse these effects are happening. As, we're, as we are progressing through the story we find out that that Kaylee has gathered a lot of the information from her own experiences and then some research online. The plants dying, their own family pet as kids dying. So that's why there's plants in the room. That's why there's, a, that's why there's dog in the room. Her, their mother uh, succumbing to it very quickly, being at the house all the time. I thought maybe, is it because the kids weren't allowed in the office that they were away from the mirror a lot more? And because as the movie progresses, it is apparent that even the kids as children were succumbing We're having episodes but very mild versions of them
1: probably and, and kaylee left the house most often out of anyone in the family so mm-hmm. she was under the least amount of influence the mother did spend a lot of like all of her time at home the kids maybe were otherwise distracted as well mm-hmm. perhaps it's true and yeah not allowed in the office at all mm-hmm. the dog was mostly okay until it was put in the office for an mm-hmm. extended length of time and it basically never made it out alive yeah Although, the brother blames it all on a bad marriage. The plants died because mom and dad were fighting and no one was paying attention to the plants. Mm -hmm. The dog died because it was sick. It was Mm -hmm. old and it was sick. So Mm -hmm. he's got explanations for all of Mm -hmm. that stuff. But he was, yeah. Yeah. Near the end of their time with Amira's children, he was falling under its influence and having. he was seeing things. Mm -hmm. I don't think Kaylee necessarily did, aside from that woman. Mm -hmm. Which begs the question, in my mind... If this mirror's influence spreads and spreads and spreads, how come when it was made in 1754, it didn't just spread and spread and spread and control the whole world, and then kaboom, we were done as a species within about ten years? Because it spreads hour by hour, foot by foot. Where does it? What is its boundary? Is it the house itself? Does it stop at the walls? It seems. It
0: seems to be. I would. I would suggest that. It
1: might... Because it's weird. It affects their phones when they run outside. Because it affects everything. She's got things that have to not take batteries. Like her lever contraption and battery-powered lights. Because it will kill the power in the house. Mm -hmm.
0: Kill the power. Kill the phones. But it affects
1: their phones when they're out on the front step. Like they're out in the front yard Mm -hmm. and it's affecting the phone. If they're
0: even out on the front yard. That's the thing about this fucking movie, though.
1: And they're probably not. So (laughs) you're totally right.
0: That's the thing. Like... Like, this movie does a good job towards the end about really fucking with what you're seeing. Now, there's there's tons of scenes. As, as the, the family life as they were kids deteriorates, the mom seems to lose it completely, like almost going feral at some point. She believes that her husband is absolutely having an affair. And the last time that she's really... Like, I like how they go from they're having dinner everyone's making dinner and it's super looks delicious and it looks well prepared and her and the dad are having wine and the kids have their own drinks and blah blah blah. and to like now we're sitting at a table with the kids i don't know what they're eating but the center of the table is just like burnt toast and because like no one's doing groceries no one's really cooking anymore um and the the mom asks one more time to tell them about the woman that she saw in their father's office. Kaylee says that she doesn't see anybody. Tim tells a story about how she saw the movie uh, the the woman again. That's pretty much the last coherent scene we see with their mother as she go like is found standing in front of the the mirror just staring at it. Now she has some kind of a scar on her belly that she's a little self conscious about. That it's one of those things that no one else can see, right? Like no one can really see. It's not. It's nothing, right? Yeah. The mirror seems to be playing on that and, and focusing on the fact that her scar is this gross, gaping open wound. So we get a little sense about what the mirror might be showing her, but it gets to the point where she straight up is going to attack her children. Like she like barrels down after them, and they have to lock themselves in the room. Their father's away, on business or doing whatever, and eventually comes home to the woman, it's his wife, just hanging on the door. And he seems shocked. Like, it's weird. She definitely seems more far gone than him at that point. But I don't know if it's because he's managing to keep, like, just be stoic, to keep shit together. Is it because he's going away for work, so he's not, there's chunks of time where he's leaving the house?
1: It must be. It must be.
0: Yeah, because he's like, I'm going golfing, or I'm going to work, or there's neighbors,
1: I'm going to hang out with them, or whatever. Um, She spent way too much time in front of it and maybe she was too easy of a target because she's got this convenient c-section scar c-section that's what it was yeah it seems to convince her that the children are the cause of and their death is a solution to all of her problems Mm -hmm. within moments yeah so maybe she was either easy prey or it was bored and decided to really pick on her to hasten the fucking deterioration of this whole family i don't know
0: yeah because when you're asking about like the proximity of the mirror and and who it affects it's weird because the in the, the mirror's history as brought forth by the movie it's hung in public places you know what i'm saying and it seems that it only will Focus its attention on certain people. I don't know if there's a certain psychic vulnerability you have to have to it
1: could be or it could just be the person that spends the most time with it because mm-hmm. it was like a teller in a bank it was the teller that spent the most time there mm-hmm. stuff like that so but I like that it is a little ambiguous so that you can either come to your own conclusions or decide that there is no conclusion. It just sort of attacks at will
0: mm-hmm. which is a concept that I really like. I love the idea of. Random, just being randomly fucked. That's why I like home invasion horror so much because it's like not that house, this house.
1: Yeah. Why? Because you were home. A
0: great. One of the greatest lines. Yeah. Ever. Um, from the strangers. If people weren't uh, sure about that. So the, I love you. Know, this is a WWE production. You understand that, right? It's not just Blumhouse. WWE is involved. There are professional wrestlers involved in this, Lydia. So the dad fucking puts a sleeper hold on her, comes home, fucking struggles with her a little bit, fucking, oh, she's That's going the up. only
1: wrestling move in this whole thing. And it's probably more like the, rest of the WWE accountants are involved in this film, but it is a wrestling move.
0: Yeah, yeah, puts her in a sleeper hold, she goes limp, fucking ref raises her arm, drops it once, oh, she's not moving, drops it a second time, oh, she's not moving, drops it a third time, oh, you think it's going to struggle and the crowd will get behind her and she'll get back up and win the fucking championship? Nope. That fucking arm drops the third time. She is out cold.
1: And he wins the belt. And then Rey Mysterio fucking flies into the scene and grabs the belt. Runs away. No,
0: um he comes back in one of the most menacing scenes with him. And he's like the 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 dad in this, um Alan, is really fucking like super scary dad. Ultra menacing. And in one of the scariest, and I don't know if it's because like, I, I get nervous around scary dad characters. Um, but he... the uh, uh, Young Kaylee looks out of her door. Terrified, obviously. Their mother, the one of the people that are supposed to be protecting them, violently tried to break down the door. There was a huge struggle. The last time she opened the door, her dad had her fucking mom unconscious in a sleeper hold. She opens the door again. He is walking towards her door, to, to not towards her door to go inside the kid's door, but basically just a, around it. He's got a hammer in one hand and chains in the other. He points at
1: her with the hammer
0: and just says, go to bed. I was just like, I was like, wow. That is fucking scary. Yeah,
1: it's super intense.
0: Like, because you're just, you don't, what is he doing with that? You know from the police reports and the fact that uh, uh, Kaylee will tell you uh, like maybe 20-30 minutes previously in the movie that it, it's not just that his wife was killed they specifically say tortured yeah. and killed yeah. so you don't know especially at this point because you're not entirely sure what the mirror does to people but you you don't know what he's going to do with that hammer you know that one woman who, who died at the hands of this mirror smashed every fucking bone in her body
1: or the girl that, that died of dehydration in a tub and in wouldn't a, drink water yeah just mental so it's a torture is what the mirror ultimately enjoys the most
0: yeah just slow vicious death of whoever it's inhabiting gruesome gruesome stuff the next time we just see the dad very intensely telling him your mother's sick And I don't want any of you going in her bedroom. You leave her alone. And you're like, what is he doing? Like, what is going on? Meanwhile, we keep cutting back to the present. And there's a lot of different shit going on for here. Because the things it's doing now are predictable to Kaylee she's planned for a lot of this and she even
1: says predictable yeah <laughs> in she's snarky way she's
0: very snarky because she's she's like you know you have to imagine that she's like fucking all jacked up psychologically because she's like I'm gonna fucking fight this mirror and and I'm gonna make you reveal yourself I'm gonna prove that our father wasn't crazy my brother isn't crazy like they were victims this mirror victimized everybody and so every time something happens according to plan she's like yeah fuck you yeah fuck you yeah Oh, power going out, whatever, fucking plants dying, obviously. I knew it's okay,
1: that... I have $600 of fucking battery-operated lights.
0: And she has her fiancé to call her every hour. He's just like a steely-jawed, good-looking fella who I guess works with her. He's supposed to call her because the idea is that what he knows is that she is having a long, drawn-out conversation with her brother. And just to be on the safe side, you call me every hour... And then just check in. So I say, I'm okay. So you know that me and my brother are okay. Like, All right, guys.
1: Which a good cover. You know, blame it on the crazy guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, why
0: not? But I can tell you, Buddy's not good at following simple instructions.
1: What, he called, her? he called her seven minutes late the first time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Not feeling it. Now, a lot of these trappings that the mirror has doesn't seem to really translate to video so you like the video clearly captures what is actually happening so if you think that there's broken glass on the floor you use your camera phone yeah there's no broken glass on the floor
1: yeah which is convenient for the most part Mm -hmm. if you remember to use it because this thing is also influencing your mind right yeah you could
0: be like honestly it gets to the point where like they could be pulling out their phones and they're not pulling out their phones. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it, it it really is fucking intense with how deep the rabbit hole goes in terms of how much this mirror is fucking with you. Because it's like, are we imagining this? Or are we imagining that we're imagining this? Yeah. Like, it's all these fucking levels of fuckery going on.
1: And even when you call it out on that, you could be imagining that, too, and be in a whole different room with a screwdriver at your eye. You know, (laughs) like, who knows what could actually be going on. Yeah, And you can't rely on your helpy helperton of a brother or sister because they're under the mirror's influence as well. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that's still a great... Even talking about it grates on me that they needed some sort of independent viewer. They needed to live stream this shit or something. I don't know what they needed to do. Live stream would have been cool. You know what? I
0: bet you have this movie, if you waited a couple more years they would have like maybe done an angle on that
1: oh i think it but it ruins the integrity of this whole super insular brother sister cast because the cast is super small in this yeah and it basically takes place just within the house in a couple of rooms like yeah they would have lost that super claustrophobic feel
0: yeah the closed space environment yeah, yeah you're right because yeah. even
1: the past scenes happen in the exact same house the
0: exact same house and on if you're being technical I mean, even though there's like an extra set of actors playing the kids, it's the same characters, right? So there's even really only four main characters in this entire story. And then a fifth one, if you include the very absentee. Michael. Yeah, fiance, who is about to get necked Mm -hmm. and not in a way he likes.
1: Yeah, this is like the phone fucking with them quite terribly to the point that. Tim takes off for a while and he's rambling around the house having bad memories or whatever and they lose track of one another even though the rule is keep each other in sight at all times and they have their schedule with the timers because it's going to go off every half hour and if they don't stop it, as she so eloquently puts, that they have a gun to the mirror's head. Mm -hmm. If they don't stop this timer, it's going to trigger this weight to smash the mirror. So they need to capture all of this in half hour spurts, right? And remind themselves to eat and everything. But they sort of already broken their rules by him taking off and rambling around the house alone. Mm-hmm. And she's, the power's gone out. So she's off setting off all of her lights and double checking light bulbs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if it's doing all of this to lure them away from one another, which mm-hmm. you could kind of assume. Or if they've just gotten kind of lax with their own schedule. But while she's changing light bulbs, she's eating an apple because it's Mm -hmm. snack time. Mm -hmm. Don't want to starve yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And she is eating her apple. She sets down her apple to change a burnt out light bulb in her giant box of expensive Edison light bulbs. (laughs) Strange person. Um, And she undoes one light bulb, puts it in the box, which is... Crazy to me because she's just going to mix it up with all the other burnt out. And Which ones are viable? Which ones are burnt out? I can't can't tell. It drives me crazy. She should have just smashed that light bulb on the floor. It was no good. Anyway, because she's already kicking plants around and breaking pottery. So she obviously doesn't care about what ends up on the floor. Mm -hmm. So she... Goes to change the light bulb, and that one, as soon as she puts it in, burns out as well. Mm -hmm. So then she takes that light bulb and puts it in the box like an idiot, and then takes out a new light bulb, finally, and screws it into her little battery-powered light setup, and then grabs her apple and goes to the next set of lights to double-check for any burnt-out ones, and takes a giant bite out of a light bulb.
0: Now, I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason why I suggested this was because of all the glass-biting that goes on in this movie.
1: I don't mind the plate. There's a plate biting. They they subtitle it. And if you watch it with subtitles, which I did the third time, because that helped me stay in it. Um, when the mother actually goes through a scene where she's chewing on pottery. Yeah. yeah like a um, big, heavy plate. It's a big plate. And they yeah. say sound of glass, uh, eating glass, but the glass eating specifically, the light bulb glass eating doesn't give me the heebie-jeebies that you would expect. Damn! I know you tried so hard. I know. I don't enjoy the scene though. I enjoy the scene. It doesn't quite have saw needle pit level
0: of like, ugh, of yeah. fucking
1: personally freaked me out. You know that really does a number on me. That scene every time. The light bulb beating scene I do enjoy. It's just not done as visceral enough to get to me the way that it should because I have a fucking freaky OCD problem with thin glass. Mm -hmm. I have no problem changing light bulbs because I'm not going to take a bite out of it. I'm not afraid I'm going to take a bite out of a light bulb. Um, I'm not afraid of glass at all. Mm -hmm. But something like a wine glass Mm -hmm. can really freak me out because (laughs) for some reason, ever since I was a little tiny kid, I... And this is like, it's such a fucking mind fuck. Too thin of a glass, I might bite a chunk off and swallow it and die. I I might. So I try to avoid thin glass. Wine glasses are really hard for me. Very hard for me if someone hands me a, a glass of wine. In public, it's very hard. Champagne glasses are usually the worst, unless they're older and they're usually thicker. Or just a really good glass. Like, I don't mind a good glass. Some crystal, I can handle. Mm -hmm. But cheap, thin glass, blah. Uh, All my water glasses in my house are a particular thickness. It's probably something over four and a half millimeters.
0: I'm drinking out of a beer
1: stein. (laughs) Today, yeah. Normally, it's these uh, anchor hawking glasses that I rather enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. I bought several of them when I found them, because I could drink out of them. Mm-hmm. I typically do drink out of with a straw, yeah, a straw as well, <laughs> just to be safe, which is doesn't fit with the other problem that I don't normally like eating with plastic because there's a lot of germs that stay in the pores of plastic. It's not the same as wood where it's a little more antibacterial, plastic is disgusting. So if you hand me something like in a plastic cup i I'm gonna have a hard time mentally with it and on a bad day I'll bring it to my mouth and then like push it away and then bring it almost to my lips and push it away I have the same problem going down escalators sometimes too
0: you have a, a, a lot of uh, idiosyncrasies we'll call them that just make picking horror movies the best you can't be the only person on earth with these issues
1: absolutely not no, it's, yeah
0: because they're present In enough of these movies. But
1: then anyone, whether you give a shit about what the thickness of your fucking glass room is, is gonna not like the idea of biting into a fucking light bulb.
0: Man, did she bite into it good too. But this is, like, the fucky thing where the movie fucks with you. And I liked how this the movie fucked with you. Although, there's a part of me, there's a more hardcore, gruesome side of me where I would think, well, no, I want her to be that hurt.
1: Yeah, you want it to saw right through, give her a fucking Chelsea grin, and then her bottom jaw drops off and she turns to her brother and her tongue's wagging. Yeah, you want to see something like that?
0: Not quite. But I think that um, the fact that, all, for the most part, the, both these characters completely avoid injury. Now, well... For the most part. For the most part. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Now, she grabs the... So, us as the audience member, this is, this is where the movie fucks with us, the audience member. where It's like the movie is trying to gaslight us because it's showing us her putting the apple down, then putting the light bulb down, and then we're like, oh, my God. you Your brain instantly knows what's going to happen. But
1: she does pick up the apple, she, and
0: we're like, oh, relief. Relief. And then she takes a bite. And then, oh my God, she, and there's this long drawn out scene where you're just, and I've recently had uh, a lot of dental work done and where they're constantly like putting uh, needles into my, the, my palate, the top of my mouth. So the idea of having like a big piece of glass in there, like I could really imagine what that would fucking feel like. And she's just absolutely freaking out. And her brother's like, what's the matter? And of course. It's the mirror again she has not bitten,
1: yeah, she turns to him with the apple in her hand
0: yeah and 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 it's nothing. nothing is going on again, but we as the audience were convinced that oh the the delusion was the apple no and and she was actually eating a light bulb. no, the delusion is that it is an apple, and it made her think it was a light bulb and made us think it was a light bulb,
1: but nothing actually happened to her.
0: Yeah, and they do that with camera techniques. They, 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 like, it's completely 100% deliberate. The, the continuity of this scene is to make you think that she's doing that, but she's not. And so, on multiple levels, the movie's fucking with you. It's fucking with the characters, and it's fucking with the audience member. And they do this again when she finds Broken Plate, very similar to the Smash Plate that she discovers as a little girl when she finally goes into their mother's bedroom because they the kids are hungry there's no food in the house they go to their father you have to get groceries and he's like yeah it's on my list how's mom like we need to get a doctor here some of like that it's on my list and so it gets to the point where i don't care anymore the the people responsibility for keeping me safe and, and we're we're vulnerable kids they are not helping us anymore. It's time to take care of ourselves. It becomes about an us versus them thing because she's tried everything. She's tried to...
1: She tried to get a neighbor to come over. Yeah,
0: and, and he instantly... Which they is, tried
1: calling the doctor too, which is... It, got, it get creepier later, yeah. but that they keep calling doctors and every single doctor has the exact same voice and, and keeps telling them to have their father call.
0: Yeah. So it makes you wonder, was she ever calling anybody?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. The neighbor comes over and he's just like, and this is weird to me. So the movie was taking place in 2002. Do you think if a kid went to a neighbor's house and said, there's something severely wrong at my house? Do you think that a brief conversation with a dad who's just looks ragged as fuck?
1: He doesn't look too, too ragged. He's got five o'clock shadow, but I think that's his look. And I think that, you know, he's a dot com startup type guy. And he, so he clearly probably knows looks this guy. Tired he goes he all the time.
0: golfing with this guy, apparently. Or the, yeah. So maybe, because I was thinking, I was like, I feel like in this day and age, like a kid. Like alert, alert, alert. Well, he passes
1: it off with that whole, you know, this is my prepubescent daughter getting a little overexcited, and she's using the excuse that her mom is sick to act out. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that sort of blanket statement would fly a lot better in two thousand two than it would now.
0: Yeah, I. I, But like, it it works. It's fine because like we're moving on. Like the. the It also
1: works because he's answering the door with a fucking handful of blood and his fingers are all raw from being gnawed on continuously mm-hmm. but it's just out of sight of this friendly helpful neighbor that gets turned away yeah which is i think is kind of kind of a cool scene
0: no it's a cool scene i like it yeah. and then and then i was expecting like when he closes the door he's 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 gonna like scream at them or something like that no he just looks at them and then goes back into his office with the mirror so it's like i was expecting more like of him raging out on the kids he's very calm the mom on the other hand it's like a fucking rage zombie from 28 days later when mm-hmm. they go into the bedroom it's not so much that she's being tortured i mean she's certainly hurting herself but she's chained up like an animal he's taken he's she's got a collar he's got a collar around her neck she's chained to the wall and you know she's yarding on the chain and she is looking feral
1: yeah yeah she barely has any words there's smash plate because i guess she hasn't been eating her food yeah so I don't know entirely if it's it, and they don't really explain is she really that much of a threat and he she's chained up for their safety and her own safety or is he torturing her
0: mm-hmm. so they
1: never answer that question really you'd mm-hmm. like to think that maybe the father has her chained up but then he would alert some sort of authorities if he really cared but they're both going crazy so mm-hmm. the answer doesn't matter but when Young Kaylee does come in and gets very terrified by her mother lunging at her like a fucking rabid dog or Mm -hmm. crazy zombie. There's uh, this shattered plate, which seems to really, that really stuck in her head. Mm -hmm. One of those images. I'd like to think that she would, for the most part, block out how horrible her mother looked. She remembers very clearly, but that wasn't the thing that hurt mind hinged on psychologically it's not the thing that her mind hinged on psychologically it was this shattered plate on the floor while they're going hungry Mm -hmm. really really stuck with her so when you flash forward while she's still in this house trying to get revenge on the mirror trying to make sense of all of this and rehashing all of her memories to have them very concrete in her mind what had actually happened that night she's walking down stairs and there's shattered plate all over the floor Mm -hmm. and she's like you said like she calls out the mirror all the time when it's doing these this gaslighting technique so she'll be like oh fuck you there's no plate on the floor so she pulls out her phone and she's videotaping it which shows a perfectly bare floor with no shattered plate on it Mm -hmm. or i i guess it's the shattered plate from her memory Mm -hmm. and she recognizes it so she is sort of like laughing at the mirror and being like "fuck you." I know this isn't actually happening. So while she is trying to concretely decide what's going on with this plate on the floor and the the bare floor in her view screen, she does end up whipping around, being spooked by something, and it's this woman that they had seen in their father's office it years seems ago.
0: To, it it seems the the mirror has within it. We'll say. Pretty much everyone that it's ever killed, that at least they know about. I actually, you can see that pretty, she said there's been 45 recorded deaths that they know about. I would suspect that that number is probably a lot larger, but they don't know that. This woman seems to be the one predominant in the movie. She's got the most scenes.
1: She's like the entity contained within the mirror, maybe, because I don't exactly explicitly say that Mm -hmm. but it is who has appeared most often and it's the same entity that the children saw when they were young yeah so when she gets spooked in the hallway by a human presence of some sort and it turns out to be this woman that she recognizes as the woman that they sort of thought they saw in their father's office years ago very stringy haired pale Mm -hmm. Creepy, ghostly, mirrored eyes. That's pretty freaky looking. Yeah, Scares a hell out of her. And she, with whatever's in her hand, stabs her in the neck. Which we all know wouldn't make a difference because this is like a mirror entity. And if this is actually happening, who knows, right? Mm -hmm. Her brother has finished his ramblings and came on the scene at the exact same time yelling Kaylee. Because what he's watching is her stabbing her fiancé in the neck. Mm-hmm. I guess Michael hasn't been calling to check in every hour and decided to just come on over and see what was wrong, mm-hmm. which is sort of what his instruction was. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't answer the phone, who knows if she's been answering the phone? Who knows if she even has a phone? She who knows kind
0: of Who knows how long it's been?
1: Smashed it an hour ago. Who yeah. knows? Like, yeah, who knows how long it's been except that the timer hasn't gone off yet. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what Tim was doing in his rambling around the house was realizing Finding himself standing in front of the mirror seconds before that weight was about to go. Mm -hmm. So he knows that the mirror is having really heavy influence. He goes to find his sister and sees that not only has the mirror influenced her as well, she's now killed her fiance. Mm -hmm. She's convinced this hasn't happened.
0: No, because just as that happens, she gets a phone call. Just checking in. All right. Call you in an hour. And so she's like, you didn't. See, stupid mirror, I got you fucking pegged. This is not real.
1: And she's like, the the plate wasn't on the floor. Because she was just proving to us, the viewer, yeah. and herself, and everyone in existence, that this plate wasn't smashed on the floor mm-hmm. in reality. So there's no way she could have grabbed a shard of this plate and stabbed her the apparition of her fiancé in the neck. There's no way that this dead body sitting in front of us, bleeding out right now, all over the place, is actually here until her brother mentions that there's pottery shards all over the floor because
0: she kicked the plants the dead plants and broke all the pottery glass and she takes out her phone and runs the camera over the body and the can't the, the phone is picking that up
1: the body's there yeah there's pieces of pottery on the floor she had a piece of pottery in her hand yeah yeah so it really happened yeah <laughs> that's what you get
0: for not following instructions exactly. If
1: someone tells you to not stay in room 1408, you don't fucking stay in room 1408.
0: Mhm. It's about at this point where we're getting the full picture of what transpired when they were young because it, as you get you get a sense that the mirror is trying to figure out a way to protect itself from this sort of damocles like scenario. And You understand, quite easily, it's going to maybe imply that you're standing in front of the mirror. You're not exactly sure what's going on. Because there's a point where they're going outside because it's too fucked. Like, her fiancé is dead. Leaving the house.
1: He just found himself standing in front of the mirror about to get fucking this... And if you can recall, like, if you can picture the sort of anchor it's not like a cute anchor that some burly man would have tattooed on his bicep it's this big pointy thing that's designed to dig into the soil dirt and whatever and rocks at the bottom of a lake or ocean or mm-hmm. whatever so it's got this huge sharp point and that's what's going to pierce the mirror and he was standing in front of it without being aware so he's very very scared she's very very worried they're traumatized now they have a dead body in the fucking house they need to call the cops mm-hmm.
0: So he tries to call the cops, and success, they're coming. But she's convinced that they need to try to figure something out to try to destroy the mirror.
1: She was also the one that had made the phone calls to the doctors way back when. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work. So she tells him... Do it again. Yeah, do it again.
0: So when they do, there's a nice little creepy scene where a voice from 911 comes over the phone again And it's just the the same voice that they heard when they were kids.
1: Of the doctor saying that they should maybe have their father call.
0: Yeah. And then it repeats it again all slow and distorted and shit.
1: Yeah. It's a good scene. So they know that help's not on its way. And then they start to think, well, maybe we're not even out here. Yeah. Smashing our phones and screaming. Mm -hmm. Because Tim looks up at the window of the house and sees himself closing the drapes. Mm -hmm. That's creepy. So now as the audience, you're like... I just give up, I just give the fuck up yeah. I don't know where they are I don't know what's happening mm-hmm.
0: and they're 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 completely aware of the fact that the the mirrors also showing them both standing facing the mirror mm-hmm. so saying, go ahead, go ahead, don't hit the timer. I'll kill you both,
1: yeah, and believe that you're out on the front front lawn, yeah yeah
0: so like as the audience member as the characters we're all completely confused we don't know what's happening now with their time remaining in the movie, we go back to the past and we show that the father, just sort of looking at his wife with the gun in his hand, um, looks like he's going to blow her fucking brains off, but instead takes her collar off. And I guess the idea was like, I'm going to let you run loose. Born free. As free as the wind blows.
1: Wind blows. <laughs> going and. Eat the kids, man.
0: I guess. Yeah. So her mom, like, and crawling around, like, like I said, like she's feral, like she's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the kids are trapped behind the room because as feral and as adult and scary as her ki- as her parents seem to be, they get completely blocked by closed doors. They don't really seem to understand how.
1: I figured all the doors just lock really well. They went to Lee Valley and get those secret. In set deadbolts that are like have a double long bolt. You ever see those? Yeah. They're secret fucking deadbolts. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what the door the I figured the doors maybe have four or five of them, but you can set really quickly and discreetly so we don't see the kids lock the doors. Yeah. Or something.
0: Their plan is they're going to burst out of the door, surprise their mother, and they have their dad's golf clubs. I mean she's got a nine iron in her hand, so she just tells, just run, just run. And and what are you going to do? And he's like, don't worry. She's like, don't worry about it. Just run. They open the door. The mom attacks. She cracks her in the fucking face with that golf club. It's great. And the mom goes flying, but it doesn't slow her down because she's got like, you know, maybe if she was in her right mind getting hit in the face with a golf club. I mean, I don't know if I'd still want to chase somebody who just cracked me in the face with one of those, but who knows?
1: Yeah, she's got crazy power. She's
0: got crazy lady power. So she basically jumps on her daughter and is choking her out. And then in the last moment, when there's really no reason why she couldn't just wring her daughter's neck, she seems to come to her senses.
1: Because it's a movie made for North American audiences.
0: I don't know. Like, you sound so, like, you're painting that in a negative light. I find it sad. That's nice. You find like like do you not do you not like find this moment like this the absolute instant she realizes that she's killing her daughter and then she gets fucking murked from behind. That's not sad to you?
1: Not really, no. Um, and I'm not saying that I would have liked to see her just choke her daughter to death and game over, and the and Tim gets to survive because he got to run, or sort of. He mostly makes it. It's just that it's preying upon. The most cliché sensibility that most women are supposed to ascribe to, and fathers as well. And it's just cliché and boring to me. It's the same thing as all of the ghostly haunting films that end with the bones of a child needing to be buried with its mother and stuff like that. It's just kind of unimaginative. I'd have liked to see there was an actual reason why she had to stop choking her. And she got out of it somehow, or the mirror did something else to break what was going on to prolong the agony, not because the mother came to her senses, which almost seems impossible at the rate her mind has deteriorated in her body. And she's a feral dog; she's rabid now, basically. But all of a sudden, she snaps too. It just doesn't really sit well with me. And there's another scene later on where the mother appears in the mirror that doesn't sit well with me because it's still just preying on this most lowest common denominator that is supposed to appeal by and large to most of our nuclear family oriented population. Mm. And it's just unfair in a way to people who don't subscribe to that. And it's also just (laughs) cliche. You just mean you. Yeah, me alone entirely. I'm the only person that doesn't respond to that. No, I'm not the only person that doesn't respond to that. It's like they're saying that normal, well-adjusted, happy people that can afford to go to the theater should respond to this. Mm. And that's just not right, I don't think. But it is. It's just cliche, overused. They could have done something far more interesting, especially given all of the little angles that they have. From this fucking mirror and what it does. And the people left in the house to break up what's going on between the mother and daughter at that point.
0: And then she's shot in the back by um Alan, who then shoots her again. And then the kids run into... I guess they run into the office, which seemed like... Oh, because they were going to smash it. They're going to smash it with their... Uh, golf clubs. Golf clubs. They fucking yeah. arm up. And they just have like this scene where they're just like going at it. Bang, 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 bang.
1: Both of them hitting... At the mirror as hard as they fucking can.
0: Mm-hmm. The camera turns around and we see that, no, they've just been hitting around and smashing the wall. The dad comes in and he's like, I told you kids not to play in here. That seems to be his big sticking point. Don't play in my office, which I heard a lot as a kid because my dad had an office It's
1: almost like it's, he's, on a, he's on a loop. He's like, it's on my list. Yeah, Dad, we need food. It's on my list. We need a doctor for mom. It's on my list. Don't play in my office. Yeah. I told you to not play in my office. You know,
0: whippersnappers. The dad points the gun at Kaylee and he says this line that remind. i wrote it down um he wrote he says this line while looking into the mirror because she's trying to find any explanation that she why why are you doing this right he says and i quote i've met my demons and they are many i've seen the devil and he is me sounds biblical but it means fuck all.
1: Or Otis Firefly still <laughs> means fuck all.
0: Um, man, you know the dumbest thing about that fucking Otis line is he's just like, "I'm the devil and I do the devil's work." I'm like, "Which are you? Are you a guy that does the devil's work? Or Are you the devil?" Anyways, um, oh, stupid fucking line. This guy's line is uh, equally weird, and I was I looked it up because I was like, "Is this from something that I just don't know?" No, it's not from anything. They just made it up for the movie. Um. Which seems to be like a rather vague explanation—not an explanation, but he, it's just like some weird, like tinfoil hat shit, right? Where
1: just, See, I would have, I would have much more enjoyed if she were to scream like, "Tell me what's going on." He'd be like, "It's on my list." On my list. <laughs> Why are you doing this? I told you to not come in my office. <laughs> that would have been way more cool. But whatever, you know. So
0: he says his line, and then. Um, so eventually uh, what ends up happening is is Tim ki- uh, kills his father. His father uh, points the gun to basically he doesn't really even shoot his father. His father sh- uh, makes him shoot him. Puts his hand on the trigger and, and pulls the gun. Tells his kid to run. Um and and that is where we leave off. We know the full story about what happened to this family. In the moments of their death they do have these moments of clarity. I think that the image of of the mother in the mirror bringing her uh Kaylee to the like like to embrace her into the mirror, believe that was getting her to walk towards the mirror. Because I think like at this point, the kids are imagining themselves as kids, even though they're adults. Yeah. And so she's, so in my mind, this is why Kaylee is facing the mirror at this point. Of course. Um, Because uh, Tim wakes up from his stupor, his mirror induced stupor and is just like, fuck this. He grabs the the egg timer or whatever the thing, the, the things on and he cranks it wham that anchor just fucking nails his sister right like between the shoulder blades or like almost like right into the back of her head
1: what's really awesome is that they had seen themselves from outside both standing together in front of the mirror Mm -hmm. we've forgotten entirely about that in the five minutes that has elapsed and when we encounter kaylee last she's a kid and Mm -hmm. remembering and we're forgetting that she's still Present and remembering. Mm-hmm. And he is, Tim wakes up as an adult, mm-hmm. sitting in front of the mirror, cross legged on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, sort of a safe spot in a way, but then realizes that the timer is about to go off and then gets up and decides, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna kill this fucking mirror. So we've entirely forgotten that the last time we really physically saw them as adults for real, or at least what we're convinced is for real, that might be for real, they were both standing together in front of the mirror. Mm-hmm. So Kaylee was definitely standing there all mm-hmm. this time, which is kind of sad that he was tricked so thoroughly by this mirror. That mm-hmm. They probably had that argument, moved the cameras, and have been standing in front of that mirror ever since.
0: Probably. Which makes me wonder, I was like, is her fiancé
1: dead? Yeah, I know, right?
0: Like, cause, and that's how this movie fucks with you so I, was, I was like was he even there we don't know but what we do know is that they mirror the scenes a past and a present type thing about him Tim little baby no not a baby but little kid Tim getting hauled off by the police in in like way more of an aggressive, aggressive fashion than I would have thought I was like I don't, I don't understand but then again I'm not a cop so what do I know um, then they had uh, and then like him as an adult now because the first call to the police did actually go through, so...
1: The cops are, like, on the doorstep.
0: On the doorstep. So so now it's super damning for him because he just got out of this mental institution and now he's, at least to their knowledge, killed his sister in this weird trap. But I was thinking, I was like, you know, yeah, they have video evidence of him turning that crank and killing his sister, but they theoretically should have a lot of video evidence of her, his, her, his sister's entire spiel, yep. their entire fucking argument and conversation, them both behaving super erratically. Like, there's tons of evidence to at least support that. I don't know if they'd be like, and this improves, this mirror is probably haunted. I don't think... Unless
1: the mirror is as fucking powerful and cool as I hope it is, and it has basically not hit record. Or allowed them to actually record only shown them what they wanted to see and made them think that they were recording up until that final damning bit of evidence. Maybe. That's what I hope. For the mirror's sake. Because I I do like a good villain.
0: Yeah. A good old nebulous villain. Who knows?
1: I do sort of like the end scene where they are surrounded by all the ghosts of everyone that's ever been killed by the mirror. Oh, I fucking completely forgot about that. And the kids are chased through the house by... It almost looks like they've come out of the fog or something. They're like revenants and ghouls. It's pretty cool. Mm,
0: the reflect the eyes, and then yeah. when the alarm goes off, their mouths all snap open and they're all doing the alarm noise. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's kind of cool. Mm. So there are like.
0: I paused I... that scene because I was trying to pick out. I was like, oh, wait, which was the one that. Okay, she definitely was the one that bit the, the cord. And... Yeah,
1: which. There's yeah. that tall guy that's super skinny now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it does have its merits, yeah, mm-hmm. but there's just so many eye-roll-worthy things in this film that uh, I found it a little bit torturous at times. But I enjoyed the torture. <laughs> I find that this movie,
0: like, look, I hit a bump around the 40-minute mark, like like a lot of people, I think, Yeah, me do. too. Me too. And it could have just been because I was tired, but... Because I'm, I'm like, I'm a notorious cheap date when it comes to this stuff. I'm, like, I don't go into anything wanting to dislike it, and I certainly don't go into anything wanting to point out flaws. The only time where I really pumped into anything (laughs) was the Game Gears. Other than that, I was, like, to me, I was, like, yeah, convenient, whatever. In terms of the stuff that uh, Blumhouse has made, it's not, it's not one of their best. Like, I even like Dark Skies more than I like this. Because I thought it was cool to have basically a haunting movie, but it was Aliens. I was like, yeah, I like that. But, I like, I, do, I, I certainly think that for anyone who is just, a, like, a lukewarm horror fan, you're just like, oh, I like me some horror, kind of creepy I,
1: ooky spooky stuff
0: yeah, yeah ooh, that's pretty good because like people uh review this movie like, like i i was uh, looking at uh, when i was looking up the dialogue the line that this dude spoke because i was i was like is that biblical i was really convinced that it was because it seemed it almost was like an an i am legion for we are many type lines so i was like is that from something it seems kind of familiar um i think it's just made to sound like something like that and so when i was coming up with that i I was just getting all these reviews and like i don't didn't read the reviews because i didn't want to
1: taint your brain yeah i didn't
0: want to get that up in my head um but the reviews that i would like people just like, oh yeah this is good good good." but it was probably all coming from people who typically speaking don't really like a lot of horror i think that there are better there are better stories out there 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 are better blumhouse horror movies out there there's even in terms of, of like the upper levels of PG-14 horror. I think that there's better choices, but I don't think that this movie is totally awful and I I like the I like a lot of the ideas around
1: it yeah me too yeah i do and that's what keeps my interest that's what keeps me from forgetting i'm actually watching a movie which happened the first time i watched this you know about 20 minutes in I'm, I'm staring at the screen and the light is hitting my eyeballs but my brain is like i should put on laundry and i just get up and walk away it's almost like being under the influence of the fucking mirror because i just forget what i'm doing entirely and just check out and go do something else and then hear this noise later oh i'm watching a movie Oh, yeah, I forgot.
0: All right, full disclosure, there's a scene in the very beginning of this movie where the family is getting together to, like, you know, bringing all their furniture and stuff in for the first time. I did turn down the sound from the movie and played the South Park song, Safe Safe Space, while that scene was playing, and it really made me laugh.
1: (laughs) See? Sometimes we can be easily distracted, even as horror fans, checking out this (laughs) mainstream horror that everyone goes to see and lots of people like there's moments where we just kind of check out
0: yeah i don't dislike this movie though to be fair i did that i'd seen this movie already Mm -hmm. so it's not like i was doing it and i hadn't seen the movie already
1: i had tried to see it already but (laughs) it failed miserably or it failed me to be all high and mighty about it (laughs) but yeah there are things i really did enjoy about this story even that she eats a light bulb
0: yeah (laughs) what do we got next for him
1: up next, we have WrestleManiac, because I figured if we're going to cover a WWE movie that doesn't have any wrestlers in it at all, and just one measly sleeper hold, and no Rey Mysterio to be seen, we'll watch a movie that stars Ray Ray.
0: <laughs> I'm into it.
1: Yeah, very interesting to me.
0: And... There's a rich history of Lucha Libres in horror, and we'll get into that in that episode.
1: Totally. And this isn't a WWE release. Come to think of it, I don't even know who released it, but we'll find out.
0: (laughs) Anyway, on that note, I'm Wes Knight.
1: And I'm Typical Lydia.
0: And you've been listening to Dead Air.